Hello, my name is Brandon Reich, and you are listening to The Graphic Sound. Sound. Episode 9, Simplicity. This idea of simplicity is one that didn't really hit me until I was well into my career in graphic design. I think that simplicity is sort of an idea that is best expressed with the company Apple, the Target logo, or the Nike swoosh. I think simplicity is this very minimal idea that a lot of graphic designers don't really know how to capture. The reason is that I think true simplicity must be coupled with a large amount of confidence in your work. And not only does it need to be coupled with a large amount of confidence, it needs to be coupled with years of wisdom that has now given you that confidence. So starting a career and trying to value simplicity, it's tough because you're going to be very simplistic in your minimal knowledge base. What I mean is you're going to say that your minimal idea, your simple idea is just this font for your logo. Well, the problem is you haven't been doing it long enough to know that that font that you just used totally sucks. And you don't know why it sucks. You just know that you are trying to be simple in your idea. You're trying to be thoughtful, calculated, But the reality is that your simple idea meant that you had one choice to make and you're terrified that you may have made that one choice wrong. So I got to say that simplicity is an idea that you can only get to after you go around the world and understand your graphic design career. So it takes years of doing this until you realize what the choices to make are and you understand what the wisdom is. So if you look up to very, very simplistic designers those simplistic designers probably had a phase of their career where their work was much more in-depth, much more complicated, and showed examples and showed evidence of them trying a whole bunch of different things. So I think as beginners, when we start doing design, when we second-guess a piece of work, we tend to overcomplicate it. We tend to add things because we're unhappy with it. Oh, it's missing something. We usually just say it's missing something. Very rarely, early in a designer's career, are we saying it's too much? There's too much there. You want to get to a point where you start taking away, where instead of you thinking that it's not enough, you start realizing that it might be too much. You start realizing that you might be overcomplicating it a little bit. The reason you're overcomplicating it is because you haven't been through enough projects to solve problems like the one that's in front of you. So you've got to take this project that you're stumped on, go through the entire process, Maybe your solution isn't going to work that well, but in time, you're going to realize why it didn't work. In time, you're going to look back on your work and be like, I could have done that better because of this, and I know that now because I've been through it. There is a point in your career, I think, where you're not going to look back on all your work and second guess it. You're not going to look back on all your work and just roll your eyes at how much you could have done differently. Now, maybe I'll look back at my work from 10 years ago and cringe, 
but I won't look at my work from 10 weeks ago and second guess it. I won't look at my work from 10 weeks ago and feel like I was a terrible designer or anything like that. There's a point where you get, where you start being confident in decisions that you've made. Not only are you confident in the decisions that you've made, you know all of the reasons that that decision is a good one. And so this design career that used to be about making things look cool has now become about making really good decisions. A design career that started as, can I use the tools and make things look as cool as so-and-so did, turns into, of course I know how to use the tools now, but do I know how to solve these problems the way that the people I look up to know how to solve the problems? So when I first started, I would say that I was really influenced by the work of designers like Aesthetic Apparatus, Morning Breath, Asterix Studio, Ames Brothers. And I don't know what it was about their work, but I was drawn to it. It was almost eye candy for me. A lot of those guys are poster artists. And I think when I started, poster art was the easiest thing to look up to because for me, designing t-shirt graphics, there weren't that many people designing t-shirt graphics. Back then, Asterix Studio actually did do t-shirt graphics. And that was really one of the only portfolios that I had seen that I could formulate a career plan off of and know that it is possible to have a career doing t-shirt graphics. Other than that, my inspiration was poster artists because poster artists were doing the simplistic, bold approach to design. And that's sort of what I was drawn to. Now, for me and for poster artists, a simplistic, bold approach to design, a lot of it is rooted in the fact that we can only really design this stuff with one, two, or three colors. Sometimes there's four colors or whatever, but you start getting very limited. So if you've done a lot of web work, if you do a lot of process print work, the amount of colors you can use are endless. So you're lacking a parameter. But that parameter that I got through screen printing simplified my process down so that the stuff that I made was already going to have a simplistic approach. It was already going to be bold because it was bold to just use one or two colors. Whereas I try to add eight or nine different colors and some gradients and some fades and some drop shadows and all that stuff. There's so much going on that it's hard to really see the point. It's hard to really see the message that I'm trying to send you or the impact or the focal point that I'm trying to get right to your eye. The more and more stuff I added, the more it took away from the thing that I was trying to show you. So for me with Graphic Tees, I was trying to get the band name across. I was trying for you to see the band name so you know what band this person's t-shirt is representing. You know what band is their favorite band. I wanted that to be clear. So I always had a clear focal point in mind. It was very prominent and I was always okay with that. Not only was I okay with the band name being the focal point, I wanted to make sure that that band name was legible on the top of the design or right on the center of the chest or something like that. Very rarely would you ever see a graphic designed by me where the band name's on the bottom or something like that. For the times when we were designing right there on the chest in the center, and I say that because there was a time we were on the side or on the sleeve or whatever, but for the times it was right there centered on the chest, I wanted you to see the band name. And if there was a logo, I wanted you to see that logo. So early on, I had parameters, I had limits that influence my simplicity. So the simplicity is often established by limitations. So today, if you're designing a logo for a company, you're probably going to check and see how the avatar looks. You're going to see how it looks if it's 100 pixel by 100 pixel. You're going to see what their Twitter account might look like with that new logo that you made. And if that new logo isn't clear and concise, then maybe you know right from the start, it's time to go straight back to the drawing board. 
So that's an early parameter to get you started and start understanding the value of simplicity. If you're not thinking about the avatar, you're not thinking about some stamp that's going to go on the bottom of a coffee cup or however this brand is going to be used, you're not really going to be thinking about where simplicity is going to come into play. One of the big opponents to simplicity is your need to get super detailed and get super complicated because this is the way that you think you're going to show the client how much time and effort that you put into this. Now, I have not minced words when it comes to the idea that I am not in the game to overcomplicate a piece to make the client think that I spent more time on it. I am not getting paid for how much time and lines and detail that I put into something. That's not what I do. This thing gets printed onto a t-shirt. This is a logo that's going to be on a billboard or on a little, like I said, avatar. This is going to be huge and it's going to be small. I am not dictating the final place for this art. So the detail, overcomplicating it, adding a million lines, that's not what I do. There's plenty of other designers and illustrators that do that sort of thing. And some of that work is amazing and I'm not against them at all. I'm just saying I have my reasons for valuing simplicity. I have my reasons for focusing on making bold graphics, prominent, clear message. I have my reasons for designing things like that. But these are big claims to make when you start out as a designer. These are big claims to come in and say, I know what's best for your brand. I know how to do this because the truth is you don't know how to do it yet. <laughs> the truth is you just started last week and you're doing the best you can and you're going to walk in there and be like, I don't really know if you're going to like this, but, and that's okay. Honestly, it's good to second guess yourself early in your career. It's good to second guess yourself late in your career. But I think instead of valuing some type of appeal or some type of status as a designer, you need to value wisdom and clarity of thought. Around the age of 25 or 26, there was a lot of designers that I started looking up to just because of their wisdom. Not necessarily because of the aesthetic of their portfolio, because a lot of these designers their portfolios were all over the place. And maybe I even started getting more influenced by people whose portfolio were all over the place. And the uh, constant through line in all of that work was their wisdom, was their well thought out approaches, was their smart decisions. Those smart decisions started being more enticing to me than some eye candy aesthetic. I started looking at portfolios and realizing how smart these people were. And I knew that at some point in my career, I wanted people to be able to look at my work and know that there was a lot of wisdom that went into this art. And when that much wisdom goes into your art, the simplicity is sort of a byproduct of it. I don't know that you go out of your way to make things simple. You just know that once the problem is solved, the problem is solved. And no amount of adding things to that is going to improve the work. If it's good, it's good. Now, convincing the client of the time that it took is a whole other story. And I think that's probably a whole other show. If you listen to the last episode with Ryan Clark, we got into that a little bit. So that's a very complicated approach when it comes to the client asking you how much time you spent on this. It's not about how much time I spent on it. It's about how well it solves your problem. But solving the problem relies on you digging into the problem. Solving the problem relies on you caring about the brand and caring about the story and letting that story run through your brain for weeks and you thinking about that story in every which way and you thinking about how that client perceives themselves or how they want to be perceived or what your perception of the client is from the beginning and what the majority of their demographics perception is on them as well. 
You have to think of that business or that company or that band or whatever you're working for from every angle it could possibly be viewed. And from all those angles that it can possibly be viewed, what is the most appealing angle? What is the most interesting angle? What is the angle where all the parties are happy? What is the angle where they're telling their story with such bold clarity that it has to be noticed? The only way you're going to understand that stuff is if you dig into their story on your own. So your design job on Illustrator and Photoshop or whatever you work in becomes less about Illustrator and Photoshop. It becomes more about you sitting there thinking about their brand, thinking about who they are, and thinking about that one little thing they said at the end, and thinking about what type of person you think they are. I've had client meetings where I leave and I just establish an opinion on the person right away and I just understand who they are, why they think the way they think. And like I said, how they want to be perceived is very important. And you can take your judgment out of this. If you don't like the person or if you think that they're doing what they're doing for the wrong reasons, that is sort of irrelevant at the beginning because you're just trying to figure that person out, figure out how they want to say what they say and truly understanding what their voice is. And if you can adapt to that voice or if you can take on that form and start understanding the way that they communicate and mix that with the way that you communicate, then you're gonna understand this problem more and more. And all going back to the fact that if you understand this problem and if you understand it completely and fully, then that's when you come up with the simple solution. That's when you realize that the target logo is a circle with another circle around it, and that's enough. Or that's when you figure out the apple is a bite out of an apple. Because you know that you can present that to the client and know that it is a mark that does the job, and when they hear the story behind it, they can fall in love with that mark. But the mark only hits home when there's a story behind it. So your job, if you care about creating simple work, if you like this minimalist aesthetic, and if you like that bold clarity, you've got to know a whole lot about that story to create that bold clarity. So I want to give a story of a couple of projects that I've worked on recently. And I mentioned some of this in the Jesse Bryan interview, and maybe I mentioned it in the Ryan Clark interview, I can't remember. But I've been working with an agency in town called Serif Creative. I actually redid their logo for Serif Creative. But we are working on a project for a company called Bottoms Up Coffee. These two girls, they're very passionate. They're very thoughtful leaders that have this really great vision for the coffee shop that they want to make. And when they talked about the coffee shop, they didn't really talk about coffee that much. They talked more about social justice, women's rights, revitalizing the area of town the coffee shop is going to be in, and sort of the story behind the area of town. And they wanted all of that encapsulated in their coffee shop. And the more and more we talked to them, the more and more we heard about their vision for the coffee shop and all the things that they wanted to do with it. So the coffee shop kind of just started seeming like a home base for all of this stuff. But more importantly, they wanted to give people a place to come to, to feel like they could be taken care of. So very early on when we were talking to them, I just kept thinking of the idea of a safe place. Now, there's two different ways I could go about that. Place was the starting point for where I wanted to go with the logo. And at this point, I'm still at the meeting with the girls and this is all going on in my head. There's no sketching happening yet. There's just me listening to them, thinking up ideas in my head. So the sketching process is the brainstorming process. And I think you go to paper too soon most of the time or you go to your computer too soon. You need to just be going in your head and thinking through all that stuff and thinking how all this stuff could be fleshed out. So this idea of safe place kept ringing through my head. 
And the more and more they talked about their shop, the more and more I realized how much they wanted to help people. So I could take one approach to safe place where the logo actually could be like hands or something or a hug or a heart or something that conveyed safety, something that conveyed haven. So that was one approach. Now, at this point, we're still just in my head. The other approach is how I actually think we feel safe. And I've had different friend groups as an adult and friend groups as an adult are are pretty tough. And some of these friend groups have been like small groups that meet once a month or something. And we're all just sort of a community that's trying to help each other. So I've always found these get-togethers very odd. They're very forced. Uh, I'm just not the type of person to feel comfortable in those situations. So I started thinking about what makes me feel safe because I certainly feel uncomfortable in lots of social situations. And I think what makes us feel uncomfortable is the assumption that everybody else has everything together. You know, you look around and you compare yourself to other people. And if you feel less than, then it's really going to mess with your head and you're going to want to get out there as soon as possible. I guess also if you feel more than, you're going to feel like you're hanging around a bunch of scrubs and you want to get out there as soon as possible too. So I guess that goes both ways, but we'll stay positive for this approach. What I started realizing is that nothing makes me feel safer and makes me feel more confident in my flaws than realizing that other people also have flaws. So rather than creating hands or a hug or something like that with the logo, I just wanted to convey the idea that none of us have everything together. And the name of this coffee shop was Bottoms Up, and we had talked a lot about doing things upside down. So I love that idea, and I really just wanted to take the coffee shop bottoms up and have a pretty simplistic graphic element, and we'll flip it upside down. One of the first ideas was an upside-down coffee mug. So then we thought of the idea of maybe put an upside-down bee on a coffee mug so that when the coffee mug is bottoms up, upside down, then the bee would be right reading. So my final solution to the problem really was, let's all be open and honest about the fact that all of our lives have been turned upside down. Let's be open and honest that none of us have it all figured out. Come in here. You're safe here because none of us have it all figured out. We're all just trying, just like you're trying. So no one is above you here. We're only here to help and we're only here to be peers. So that was the thought process behind a recent logo I did for Bottoms Up Coffee Co-op. Another very simple logo concept that I worked on recently was for the band 21 Pilots. So they approached me with a logo idea that their video guy, Mark Eshelman, and the lead singer, Tyler, had created together, where they were sort of just throwing shapes up, trying to make t-shirts, and then three shapes were there together, and they decided, what if that's just the logo? And essentially, it was three long rectangles or bars. One is vertical, one is horizontal, and one is slanted, and that was their logo. So they used that for a while, and then when I came into the picture midway through their first nationally distributed record, Vessel, I kind of just tweaked that logo a little bit just to sort of make it work better for screen printing purposes and stuff like that. But for their second national record, Blurry Face, I was going to do everything. So I was going to create the entire layout, I was going to create all of the merchandise, and obviously all the graphics and logos and that sort of thing. So one of the best things about 21 Pilots is their fan base, and their fan base is rabid. They're so rabid that almost every Every single one of them, you can spot that they're a 21 Pilots fan just by looking at their Twitter profile or their Twitter name or their Instagram name or Instagram bio, any of that stuff. 
whatever their name is on social media or their bio, you're going to find out very quickly that this person must be a 21 Pilots fan. So what's cool about these 21 Pilots fans is to replicate that logo, that original logo that was made, the three bars they use on their keyboard in Helvetica, that vertical bar, a hyphen, and a slash. So when it came time to create the new circle bar logo for 21 Pilots, it became very obvious to me after thinking about this fan base, thinking about the fact that this fan base had made this band their own. They've identified with this band. They have so much ownership in this band that it became very simple to me that the new logo has to be Helvetica, that vertical bar, a hyphen, and a slash. So technically, I can't take credit for the new 21 Pilots logo because it's really just the fans. But I knew after all this thought and after all this digging deep into the fan base of 21 Pilots, I knew that those three characters and maybe put a circle around it would be a very effective logo that in a sense gave the band back to the fans saying, you guys own this band just as much as the members do. So this is us giving ownership of the band back to you. So another very simple logo that I made for the band 21 Pilots. So I did a little simple lettering piece a while ago and I made a poster with it, like a little nine by nine screen print poster that I sold at Weapons of Mass Creation Festival in Cleveland. And I also made a Cotton Bureau t-shirt with it. You may have seen it around on Pinterest or wherever you see your lettering things. But it simply says, Simplicity takes courage. And when I made that piece, it was like the day that I realized how much courage simplicity takes. So with all this talk about keeping things simple, with all this talk about a minimalistic approach, the courage comes from the fact that you understand this project and you have to know that you understand it enough to present something simple. Because when we doubt ourselves, we tend to overcomplicate it and we add things to it. And there's something about doubting that work that devalues it. I feel like our work and our concepts and our presentation is more valuable when we know what we're saying and we know why it looks the way that it looks and we know why we made the choices that we made. So simplicity takes courage in the way that I did this, this, and this, and this is enough. And I don't feel like I need to continue to complicate things just to prove to you how much time and effort that I put into this. The time and effort was the thought process behind it. So maybe that means that you have to tell them the story. Maybe that means that before you present your super simple concept, that you need to walk them through the whole entire process of why you came up with what you came up with. If that's the approach you want to take, then you're going to have to learn to be a good storyteller. You're going to have to learn to really take them through the thought process and how to strike the heartstrings so that they love this new mark as much as you do. And I even think that if a client doesn't love the mark, they're going to love the story behind it. And they're going to learn to love the mark because the reality of these marks is that they don't mean a thing until they're out there in the wild. They don't mean a thing until you associate that mark with that brand or that mark with that idea or that mark with that feeling or that mark with that sound or with that band or whatever. None of these marks mean a thing until they get to go out and live. So the best you can do is tell that story and tell it with confidence because you know your stuff. And the way for you to know your stuff is to dig deep into that brand and to dig deep into that problem and really, really solve it on a lot of levels. In the same way that a friend comes to you with a problem and you want to work through it with them because you want the best for them and you really want them to be happy. You need to take that approach into your work and say, I want this logo to be happy. I want this company to be happy. 
I want to solve this problem just as much as I want to solve my friend's problem. I want to make sure by the end of this, everybody feels safe and secure and they feel like they're being well represented and well respected. It all goes back to the same stuff that we deal with in social situations or we deal with in friendships or we deal with in any relationship. Somebody wants to be respected. Somebody wants to be seen for who they truly are. Someone wants to be heard. And someone wants people to see the best version of themselves. In the same way, these brands want to be seen in the best possible light. So it's our job as designers to give that to the client and give it to the public and say, this is the best version of this company. And this is a mark that represents them. And if you don't believe me, let me tell you a story on why this represents them so completely. I've done my homework. I've thought through this. I know this story. And I have the confidence to give you a simple solution. Simplicity takes courage. And throughout this whole process of you becoming a designer that can make stuff look amazing, also be a designer with a ton of courage. Graphic Sound was created by me, Brandon Reich. You can find me at Brandon Reich on all social media and on BrandonReich.com. This episode was produced by myself and Brian Skeel of ChrisGrahamMastering.com. Theme music by The Hands of Stone. Title intro song remix by my good friend Jesse Kale at Jesse Kale on Twitter. Music on this episode included some random sounds by me, The Wrong Way by Jazar, Giants by Forget the Whale, What True Self by Chris Zabriskie, and this outro song Heebie Jeebies by Graham Bowl. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do me a huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show and it encourages me to keep this whole thing going. Right now, you can get three months of Skillshare for 99 cents. Use this specific shortened URL, skl.sh slash and capitalized R-I-K-E. Apparently, the R-I-K-E must be capitalized. You can find more info on this podcast at thegraphicsound.com and join the conversation by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegraphicsound. Thank you for listening and listen to me. Don't let them kill your soul. <laughs>